Welcome to chapel. We are here for our second night together where the theme is under the big top and where Paul and I both are excited to be here. Uh, let me show you one of the... That's one of my friends from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I took a picture with him. That's... Uh, yeah, that's Abe Lincoln. There's one of the cats I've tamed at the house. There's my big boy, Gray, 18 years old, about 18 pounds, so he's a hoss. Spotlight on the Moser family. I love them, and they pray for me, so I can't help but have chapel. There's my Gray. There's Jenny, my wife. There's Grace, her little kitten. There's Andy and Lindsay. There's the reminder and announcement that we are going to be grandparents, and there comes Jimmy into the world. He's going to be one year old in August on the 11th. I think it's neat that his mom was born August 4th, so one week later, there's Jimmy crawling, there's Jimmy laughing with his pop, there's their family, there's him being cool in Colorado, there he is playing in a box, and there he is laughing like he always does. He makes me laugh when I see him. And there's all of us. We're in front of a place, we're going out to the park that day and it's a little chilly as you can tell because I'm wrapped up. There's our Andy's first father's day so Jimmy took him to Fazoli's. That's why you see bread sticks in front of them. I like Fazoli's. Jimmy's hoping his pop will like that. Okay welcome to our second night at chapel where I'm gonna invite you to have a seat. We're gonna be under the big top. You said that you knew this verse this morning, so say it for me. Matthew 5, 16 says, Now that, uh, that verse says a lot, in case you didn't notice it. In the same way, let your light shine. Since Jesus is a light, I can't let my light shine unless I have Jesus in my heart. I'm going to let my light shine before others that they may see your good deeds, I am not going to heaven because of what I've done. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But if you read the next verse, it says, But we are His workmanship. I'm sort of like a painting hanging on the wall in the art gallery of Jesus. And He'll walk by and say, There's that painting, there's that man. Every one of us is a work of art. So we are His workmanship. And so when we look good in this world... We can say, it's because God, He's changed me. So our good deeds can actually bring glory and put a spotlight on the one who deserves it, and that's Jesus. Okay, Paul also said this, so I want to bring those out. There are five things. Salvation is S and shine. H is hold on. I is being formed. Paul's life first. I didn't know that until John eight thirty two. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Stay near to God, and finally... Think of eternity and stay away from the roaring lion called the devil. I'm going to go back to those first two because I want to bring them out. Picture salvation as this. Running away to, from the world and going to join God's circus. If that's confusing, it shouldn't be. They just want to use a theme this year at camp that we want to leave the world behind. Uh, Y'all ever heard of Cast and Crown's song? That, yeah, leave it all behind. Yeah, that's what we do. Let's leave the world behind, run toward Jesus and... Run away and join the circus. Now, years ago, people would actually do that. They would leave a good-paying job and join the circus when it moved to town. They would go to the next town, and some would fall away, and others would join it, and the circus would sort of lose and pick up people as it went. But if somebody really wanted to stay with the circus, they would leave a job or they'd leave something. I'm not suggesting we do that, but people would say, you're going to leave this and join that, but in relation to Jesus, that's what we need to do. We need to leave what would pull us away from the world and we need to join God's circus and then we need to hold on to him I told you a story last night about P.T. Barnum what was his first name? Phineas, how old was he? 10 years old and he went to visit Ivy, Ivy Island which was a swamp man y'all listened well last night it was a swamp poor little 10 year old Phineas was like this is my paradise and his grandfather and father Laughed, and that's exactly what Satan does to me. Hey, do this, do this, and we do it, and then ha, he changes from the tempter to the accuser and says, look at you, and you call yourself a Christian. Now he tries to make us feel defeated, and sometimes we just feel like giving up. I want to tell you today, out of a crowd this big, there's got to be somebody here that says, oh, I'm just on fire for Jesus, I love him. There are several like that, and then there are some that just, yep, I love the Lord, and I got, then there are some that I don't even know, and then there's bound to be somebody in here that, 
doesn't know Jesus. How do you know? I just feel that that's true. Uh, so if Jesus himself, the light of the world, would come in and shine a flashlight, wouldn't it be cool? Now, don't get mad at him for doing this, but what if he came in and he was looking for you? What if he came in and, yeah, I found you, uh, and I want to tell you that I love you and i got a home in heaven? Well, I'm going to do that tonight with tonight's message, hopefully. I'm going to show you that totally depend on God. And P.T. Barnum, as he grew up, he started the circus and he wanted everybody to have fun, but I think he often did it just to take advantage and to con people because that's what he learned. I don't want that to be us. The devil's conned us enough. Don't be conned by him anymore. He tells you that God doesn't love you. John 3.16 says he does. He won't forgive you. 1 John 1.9 says he does. He won't stay around you. Well, Hebrews 13.5 says... 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but I will never leave you nor forsake you. So let's listen to the voice of truth instead of the devil. But of all the fun things at the circus, one of the most fun things that would change any sad person to, uh, I don't know, maybe laughter, but I think it would make me scared a little bit to watch this. So in our second night of chapel, please have a seat. Only to, no, get out of your seat. I'm going to take you away. I'm going to put in somebody. Under the big top, we've got to have some clowns, and we've got to have a ringmaster, and we've got to have somebody that would often make a crowd just go, because <gasps> they thought something's going to bad happen. wonder who that would be. Yeah, that would be uh, fun for all ages. Yeah, I'm going to give you some fun. The fun is this trapeze artist. And this trapeze artist is going to be a death-defying artist that's going to cause things to occur right in front of you. But as I was looking at this guy the other day, I found a comparison. Here it is. Let's look at how a trapeze artist actually performs his or her very dangerous routine. You might not know this. When two people are working together, one is called the... And the other is called the... Catcher, flyer and catcher. And it is an important thing that these two people know who's who because one of them is going to totally rely on the other. Now, as you might not realize this, I want to give you an example of it, and then I will show you by a video too. Or, oh, well, here, here, come in. You're going to be a volunteer. She fell asleep last night. I want to make sure she doesn't. So, no, I was just kidding. Uh, put your hands up like this. Right there. I'm going to put my hands underneath. Am I the flyer or the catcher? I'm the catcher. You know what she does? She does absolutely nothing. Her life is in my hands. Isn't that cool? It's like, now, she's going to jump off her trapeze. Now, watch what she does. When she jumps, she's going to leave the trapeze to protect, pretend just for a second. She is now up in the air. She soared. Oftentimes, people think they got it all together in life, and they are soaring. And then they go, wow, I really have nothing. She's about ready to fall. I leave at just the perfect time, and I come underneath her. Put your arms out right here, right here. And I'm going to come underneath her. You know what she does? She doesn't do a thing. I grab her. She doesn't grab me. Matter of fact, if she tries to grab me, she's going to break her wrist and probably mess me up too. So I'm going to come underneath her, and I'm going to grab her. Now she will grab me. I'm not through with her yet. I'm going to take her back, and I'm going to swing her up high, and I'm going to take her higher than the world ever did and put her up here where she's supposed to be. But one more time. You ready? I'm going to come underneath her, and I'm going to grab her like this, and I'm going to catch her. Okay. Thank you. Notice if she tries to do something, I want her to catch me right here. I want to catch her right there. If she tries to catch me here, she will probably break my wrist. In other words, all she has to do, they call it, what kind of fall is this she is? It's really, well, you can call it a trust fall. That's a good one, too. I just call it, she's free falling. Yeah, she's a free fall. She's just, I'm just going to catch her. Guess what? If she was coming right at me, her feet have left the trapeze. There's no looking back. Matter of fact, she would give me this look like, you better catch me. Because if I do this, and yeah, she's gone. When I jump off my trapeze and I go, all right, Lord, here it is, he goes and comes up underneath me and he catches me. Um, I got uh, this right here. <clears throat> Spot this. This would be easy for you to do. I think it's 
if I could show you in slow motion. So I'll do that. I'll go down and catch this and bring it up and show you. Okay, here we go. Hang on. I think it's much better to see. Lights, please. Oh. Okay, let me go back one. I want to show you a better one there. I know he's free falling. one I have is 44 seconds. Don't worry, it's just a brief commercial. I love grammar leaf. No, not really. All right. You ready? Here we go. Slow-mo. There's us. We think we got it all together. We're going to rise really high. And then we are going to leave everything behind. There you go. We are totally free from everything. There's my catcher. He grabs a hold of this person. And then, oh, he's going to take her low. No, wait, wait. you got to hang on. He's going to actually do this. He's going to take her higher than she's ever been before. That's what God does for us and gives us the best life in the world and Let's us be up there with him. Now, um, oh, let's try this again. Notice how we uh, feel like we're doing pretty good at that point in our life. We got it all together. We don't need God. Really? We don't? Uh, we don't need God at all until everything is ooh, right there. We're about ready to fall, and at that point right there, watch his hands come right underneath. Her palms are totally open. He grabs hers, and then she closes in. That is um, typical of somebody that I know of, and you may guess who that is. And then, hang on, at that point right there, you say, our work's over. Your work was over always. He did it all. All you did was just grab a hold of him until he takes you up high. Now, is that easy to do? I don't know. I think so. Uh, uh, can, can you um, figure out which person you are? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. One very important thing to notice for the catcher, I didn't pay him to do anything. He's just, you just better remember which is which. Right there it is, perfectly clicked picture, and it's entitled The Catch. You say, well, which one's me? You really have to ask. I hope not. The flyers like us, catchers like Jesus. Hmm. If that flyer can do anything, you let me know. No, the only thing we can do is fall. Catcher's like Jesus. Her hands are out. He's going to come underneath just like I did, and we're going to grab hold. What else? Well, we step out in faith and leave it all behind. There it is. Hmm. I guess I'll go back to the trapeze. I don't think we can do that right now. Well, I'll just do this on my own. I've never seen really a person catch themselves, so I don't think we can do that. The catcher is like Jesus, and we're going to depend on Jesus to catch us. 
So the person called the catcher is like Jesus. The person called the flyer is like us. Catcher, Jesus does all the work to catch us. Notice I got these letters falling. I just saw it. The flyers, us, do absolutely nothing. We just simply let loose the bar and trust the catcher totally. Now, these guys are practicing. We don't have that. The person at the right is going to be the flyer, one at the left is the catcher, because, see, he's got a base. He's got his legs wrapped around that trapeze. He's going nowhere. The person at the right is a flyer, but they've got them all on a rope and a harness, and they practice this over and over and over and over and then they finally take that rope away, and your faith and trust is in that catcher. Um, so yes, you guessed it. The catcher, Jesus, always provides a lifting support from underneath. He catches us, raises us up on high to be with him. Travis artists are truly a perfect picture of how salvation works. Hmm. Flyer must totally trust the catcher and actually should not try to help him, but just fall into his strong hands. Find Luke chapter 19. we got a trapeze guy up here. He's in... Uh, He's in the trees. <laughs> His name is Zacchaeus. Jesus is going to be the catcher, and Zacchaeus is going to be the flyer, and he's going to fly out of this tree and come down, and Jesus will catch him. I don't know if you've heard the story of Zacchaeus. You probably have. Most people learned this as a little kid, but I'm going to bring out some things maybe you haven't seen. Y'all learned it as Zacchaeus was. Yeah, I know a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. And the Savior, Zacchaeus, because I'm going to your house to do, that's it. Zacchaeus, you come down. Well, not that quick, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, he picks him up off a of pavement. Find Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19. Zacchaeus is about to... Um, Meet Jesus for the very first time. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho. Anybody ever heard of Jericho? Joshua at the battle of Jericho. Yeah, that's a... He fought and the walls came tumbling down. Only in this route right here, on the way to Jericho, you could go through there and then you'd get to Jerusalem. And you know, sometimes uh, it was a harsh road. People would pick you up and beat you up and leave you for dead and take your money and stuff like that. Jesus entered Jericho. He was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. Added an adjective in there. He wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. And very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. I don't know whether it's curiosity of the Holy Spirit pulling him. But because he was short, y'all said he was a wee little man, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a, you guessed it, sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, a spot Zacchaeus will probably never forget, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down when? Now, come down. NIV says immediately, I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Got a question for you. Since Zacchaeus was a tax collector, he didn't have many friends. See, the Romans sort of hired him to go and get taxes from the Jewish people. The Jewish people didn't like him because he was taking tax from them, and often he would not only take what you owed him, he'd take a little bit more for himself. So the Romans didn't really like him because he would cheat people. The Jewish people didn't like it because he took advantage. Basically, he was in between the middle. He would be sort of like a drug dealer, uh, I'm buying it from my, the, the supplier and I'm selling it to you. If you guys ever got, if a supplier ever got together with the drug dealer, the middleman would die because they'd just get rid of him. Zacchaeus is a middleman. He's telling the Romans, I'll get your $800 from this guy. He goes and gets 1000 pockets 200 and says, there you go. It's about time. So they, 
sort of try to get mad at him, and they do. And, and then the Jewish people, wait a minute, you cheated me, so these guys don't like him, those guys don't like him, and Zacchaeus is nobody's friend. Probably a lonely man. But for some reason, he climbs a tree, and for some reason, Jesus is going to break all protocol. Jesus is going to stop and say, Zacchaeus, come down. I need to go to your house today. He is going to go eat with sinners. Well, guess what? There's always these self-righteous people. All the people saw this and began to mutter, that is, whisper, he's going to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus didn't care, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. He just now said something that nobody expected him to say. He said, Look, Lord, I don't know whether he just came up to Jesus. By the way, I want to throw in something right here. How long? Blink your eyes. Ready? There you go. That's 11 one-hundredths of a second. 11 one-hundredths of a second. Uh, I can't even blink my eyes that fast to, uh, to show you 11 one-hundredths of a second. That's roughly around a tenth of a second. So if you blink your eyes, so if in a moment I'm hanging on a cross and a thief and say, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And basically, Jesus, what did Jesus say? Today you'll be with me in what? Paradise. Let me just shorten down what Jesus said. You got it. <laughs> Jesus, I trust you. Blink of an eye. He was saved that quick. We're saved and quick as lightning. Now, we will grow the rest of our lives. And I probably have some people in here tonight that you say, well, how do I even... It sounds silly. It's not silly. How do I know Jesus? Well, in a moment, you... It's not a word. It's not a raising hand. It's not a walk in an aisle. It's just in a moment to say, it's really this. Lord, I need you. <laughs> and your hand goes up. And guess what he does? He catches you. So, Lord, in a split second, Jesus, I'm yours. I need you. I love you. Now, we always do this, and I don't know if we do justice to that. We sometimes say, say the sinner's prayer. You know, dear Jesus, would you forgive me? Wash away my sins. Come into my heart, my life. Save my soul. I mean, you can say that, and you know that. But if you just say, Jesus, I trust you. I believe Jesus. I sometimes pray, and I don't... Uh, I don't say where Max Licato says this in one of his books. He said, sometimes tears are like liquid words. And so I look up to Jesus and I say, and Christ would. We just now exchange something. I look at him, he reads my mind, he goes, I know. That took care of it. You ever have a parent do that to you? Yeah. I'll start to say, is that my mom? Like, I know. Jesus does that to me. So I say, Jesus, I know. And how's he know? He's God. He just now saw Edgar's heart changed in a split second in a lightning bolt. And when he was a little eight-year-old boy, I asked Jesus to come into my heart and be my Savior. He forgave me of my sins. I remember I went through grade school, about like you. I've come up through grade school, and me and Ronnie Brown, two of us never cussed and talked dirty in grade school. I thought there's got to be a difference. Got into middle school, found it a little bit tougher, got into high school, and I found I was in a, certainly in a minority, didn't really uh, have a ton of Christian friends, and I got into about the 10th or 11th grade and started, um, if you take a chicken or a, a parakeet or whatever that, who's a, what's a bird that talks a lot? Parrot, right? If I took a parrot over here that said Bible verses and I took a parrot over here that cussed and you put them in the same cage, what would happen in about a week or a month? Yeah, they'd say the same thing. So we got this guy maybe saying a Bible verse, but for, what's this parrot over here doing? He's cussing now. I did that in high school. I just sort of blended right in. Yeah, I sort of knew what I was supposed to be doing, but I got friends over here and pretty soon you start becoming like them. And pretty soon, church, I didn't really do that. And I just dropped back and no church on a Wednesday night. My dad bought a laundromat. He was partners with a guy. And then he sort of bought it over and I, I volunteered. Yeah, take one for the team. I watched that. Well, that took care of Wednesday night, Sunday night, and soon Sunday mornings. And I, I watched that. My dad would have certainly said, hey, no, you need to go to church. No. Okay. And so he let me be. And I soon didn't go to church. 
And there for a couple years, I didn't darken a church doorway, but I always knew. See, Jesus saved me when I was a little kid, and I just knew. I would go to bed sometimes and think, I know what I had to say, but I didn't. And I, would, I, I should have said, Lord, I'm coming home. I'd just jump out, and he'd catch me. But instead, I think, well, I just, I knew I had to say something, but I didn't really want to. Have you ever really prayed, and you, it takes a little bit more hard work for a prayer? That, it's not just, Lord, bless this meat, now let's eat. You know, that really just hits a ceiling. No, you say, Jesus, I really need to talk to you. Some of y'all got a friend like it at school. You don't just say, hey, how's it going, going by? You say, can I talk? And now we get, that's what Jesus does. And so, I'll give you a little secret. Through the years, he started getting closer to me. He put me through a couple times of conviction. I want to share a couple of those with you. One, I was playing high school football. We had a pregame meal. We were getting ready to eat, and my Ken, coach, Kincaid, he turned around and he said, uh, Moser, say a prayer for us. Sure. Scoot back from the table, stand up, and in my mind I'm going, what I felt like, Lord, it's been a long time. That's what I felt like, Sam, but instead I somehow got out, Lord, bless his food. Help us annihilate our team. No, I didn't say that. I said, bless his food, help us play well tonight, and somehow got a prayer out. But in my heart, I'm thinking, that's a little convicting because I was getting ready to, and I prayed. I'll tell you another time, God put my mom in a car wreck. Uh, I think my mom probably said, whatever it takes to get him back home. I was wayward. I went to see her in the hospital, and I said, Lord, and God could have very well, hmm, hadn't heard from you for a while. He didn't do that to me, though. I said, why don't you let me have her pain? Because I'm doing things what I want to. Okay. And somehow, God worked through that and started bringing me back home. And I knew my mom was behind all that praying. And now, finally, I'm, I'm up to this point. I now pray, and I call it my Holy of Holies. Picture a curtain right here on the stage. And what you do... Uh, the curtain, you can't go through there. Matter of fact, in Bible times, only one person could go through, and he could go through once a year. Who was that man? He was, well, no, no, not Jesus yet. The high priest. High priest was going in, and it said, legend says it, that they would tie a bell to his ankle. So when he goes in, if God would strike him dead, at least we'd hear the bell ring and we'd fall over, and it was a rope tied to his ankle too, and we'd just pull him back out because nobody could go in there. Once a year, high priest goes in, and even we're doubtful about him. And then an amazing thing, when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain was torn in two. Hmm. And the curtain is removed, and now who can go into the Holy of Holies? Any one of us. So I go into my bedroom sometimes, and I lie on the bed, and I look up, and I find me a spot. See, I'm giving you all the secrets I use. I don't know if they'll help you or not, but I find me a spot that just helps me to concentrate. Don't tell me that you don't do that sometimes. Uh, so I find that, and then I just, I'm quiet, and then I sort of try to go through the ceiling and the sky, and I finally say, Jesus. And he will overtake me sometimes, and I can't hardly get words out because I'm quiet, I don't have anything around me, and I'm praying. Now, what's that got to do with this? I just feel like God has brought me along, and if you're at a certain stage, I just don't even feel like God's real to me. Pause, get quiet, and we can do that. We'll do that tonight. But now, Nicodemus had to do it in public. Well, we're in public. We've got people before us. But Nicodemus is going to come down, and he instantly, and I don't know how he got saved, whether it was in a heartbeat or what, but when he put his hand, I have a feeling Jesus... And in that split second, that lightning, he just changed. And he says, Lord, if I've cheated anybody, I don't want to give them back. And a good thing to do being back twice. You know, if you don't like the product you bought, I'll give you a product back and I'll refund your money twice. What's he want to do? Four times. And I think that shows his heart's changed. You've got a thief right here willing to give back money. So he says, Zacchaeus stood up and said, Look, Lord. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody, which he had out of anything, I'll pay back four times this amount. I think Nicodemus, I don't know whether, like I say, whether it was just in a split second, when he come down out of that tree, he came over to Jesus, and he realized, watch this exchange without words. You love me, don't you? Jesus, just now, then God, I give myself to you. And Jesus, yes. 
You think he got saved? I know he got saved because look at this verse in case you've got a doubt. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. It needs to be clearer than that. Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Okay. Telltale sign here. Raise your hand if you've ever been lost. Yeah, Jesus is looking for you then. You just now raise your hand because you thought you was lost in the woods one time. But we're all lost spiritually. Jesus is looking for you. I've got some people that tell me, and I've even had them at my church before, and says, well, Jesus is only going to save certain people. Wow, I don't like that. For God so loved the world, not a few groups. Second Peter 3, 9, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants to save everybody in this room. If Jesus was speaking instead of me right now, he says, I love all y'all, I want y'all to be saved. Are you sure? Am I one of the, you know, choice? <laughs> if you're breathing, you're one that I want. Yeah, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. You're lost, you qualify. Really? That's what the Bible says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. You don't realize it, but Jesus gave him a compliment. For the people who had accepted Christ, they were really the son of Abraham. Now the Pharisees tried to say something. If you picked up my verse last night, remember it, you'll know which one I'm talking about. The Pharisees said this, Hey, we're children of Abraham, and Jesus corrected him. He says, No, you are of your father... The devil, you don't know Abraham, because if you knew Abraham, you'd know me. Well, we'll see now, if we knew Abraham, well, we don't know Abraham. Jesus probably turns and started walking out right, because you don't know me. You have your father, the devil. He just now said, this man, who's the sinner to everybody, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, I'm going to jump back in chapter 18 of Luke. Hang on the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, to some who were confident of their own righteousness. This might be you tonight. Say, but I'm pretty good. Do I really need Jesus? To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee. You remember the guys we talked about last night whose father was who? The devil. One, a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. What was Zacchaeus? Tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. He stole more money than anybody. Watch what Jesus says. He gives a little parable. And a parable is a heavenly story with an earthly meaning here. Or it's, you can, it's going to be Jesus is just bless these words here that come showing up. I think it grabs my attention. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God... I thank you that I'm not like other people. Wow. Saved or unsaved? I thank you that I'm not like everybody else. That's a prayer? That's not a prayer, it's a declaration. I'm glad I'm not like you. Ouch. And this is what this man says. God, shows real connection there. No, it doesn't. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. <laughs> this is like the guy that picks on you in school and makes fun of you. Wow. I fast. Watch what he does. Now he's going to tell God what he does. Do we really need to tell God what we do? Doesn't he already know? I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. He's telling God how he plans to get to heaven by his works. He suddenly, so is this guy a flyer? No, he's not a flyer. Matter of fact, he's the one who would try to break my hand because if he come off that trapeze, he's trying to grab a hold of me. Uh, you don't do that. You just fall into the arms of Jesus. It's really that simple. This guy, I'm going to tell you, God, what all I do. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. Here's what the tax collector does. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. He felt so sorry for what he's done but he beat on his chest and he said God have mercy on me a sinner which one did God 
was God pleased with? I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. Justified means just as if I'd never sinned. I think he knew God when he, he's justified. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Hmm. Well, i got to give you a, the idea about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is the rich tax collector. Does Jesus love him? Well, he said he invited him to come down and come to his house. So we read the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was an important man and chief of the publicans. He was top dog. He had a lot of money. But for some reason, he wasn't happy. Hmm. He was a very wealthy man. He had limitations, but wanted very much to see Jesus, so he went to see him. What was one limitation? He was short, yeah. People probably made fun of him. Hey, here comes Shorty. Hey, cheated anybody today? Ouch. And as he's climbing that tree, here is a rich man climbing a tree. I bet you people laughed at him as he scurried up that tree. He showed humility climbing a very high in a tree, very high in a tree to see Jesus. He took a risk. Jesus told Zacchaeus to come down from the tree, so he became the flyer, and Jesus became the catcher. Zacchaeus. I think he got saved coming out of the tree. <laughs> you come down. I want to go to your house. Tears rolling down his face. As he comes to Jesus, I think he's already decided, Lord, save me. And I believe Jesus did. How do I know? Jesus said it. This day is salvation. Come to this house. As much as he also is the son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's a quote from Jesus. You can believe him. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at your house. And he made haste, and he came down and received him joyfully. There's Zacchaeus up in a tree, being the flyer, and Jesus getting ready to be the catcher. Hmm. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Okay, I'm going to make my simple flyer and catcher example to you. I'm going to put my hands out, and I'm the catcher. And so if I put my hands out and I said jump, I won't make you do a trust fall with me. It's okay. But if you did a trust fall, we've all done that before. You just put it here and you start to fall back, and some people, they just, as they're falling, and if they don't sense you back there, what will they do? They'll do this, and yeah, that's what some of us do. We'll start, Jesus, I, oh, well, wait a minute, oh, Jesus, mm, y'all gotta quit doing, how about this, Jesus, here it is, and we just fall. Well, I don't know if he'll catch me, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'll catch you. So in the next few minutes, you say, usually I go, I know sometimes I even go over, but I want to give you a last few minutes and a couple reminders so that I'm going to give you some time to hear Jesus' voice. And he's, he's telling you this. I'm a catcher. Here I am. Of course, you do know that his hands were out were here at one time in his life because he was on the cross. And so now he does this. Would you fall? So he's asking you, would you trust me tonight? Would you trust me? And you say, I just don't know if I can. Does God, will God really catch me? He will, he's caught me. But, but is God even, is God real? Is he, I mean, will he do stuff? I mean, can you prove to me God exists? I mean, I can tell you how he showed up a couple times in my life, but I mean, that's, that's just me. If that would help, I mean, that's fine. But, Has he caught me? Yes. Can I just give you... I showed you a kitty cat there. His name's Gray. And, and I know you all like animals. Many of you do. So I thought this might appeal to you. And so I thought I would just give you this example. I had a kitty cat named Hokey. Um, I went up to give water when Tech had the shootings. Uh, I went up there to just hand out water. And I mean, I would see people weeping. And I'd give hugs to total strangers and pray with them. And I'd come back home and I just felt drained. 
And I sat down on the front porch, and I thought, my wife was inside, so I just let Jenny be, but I thought, Lord, all those people are hurting, and uh, I've been giving out a lot of hugs today. I wish I could get a hug. Here comes a kitty cat through the yard. I've never seen him before. Comes over to me. I guess he's going to give me a hug. Um, then I notice he's, he's got a runny nose. And that didn't bother me, though. You've got to look at things like Jesus does. And I thought, bless his heart, he's probably got a cold or something. So he'd come over. Now Jenny comes to the door, and I said, I don't know where he come from. He's just running back and forth through the yard. Disappears. Shows up again. Long story short on that, and uh, I finally, uh, we welcomed Hokey in their home. I called him Hokey because the, the day of the shootings or the, the day that I went up to, to minister to people, uh, you know, that's Hokies, the Hokies at Tech. So I call my kitty cat Hokies Gray. He's a blue Russian. And so as I brought Hokey into the house, I soon learned that Hokey had asthma. That's why somebody probably dumped him. Because, see, the world doesn't like if they have to deal with people. Well, how, or deal with an, a problem. How sad. I didn't mind him. I brought him on into the house. We kept him for 14 years. And so every day, we soon learned this, I would, I'd give Hokey a shot of, you know, a buterol, I guess. And you say, you'd actually, yeah, I'd put something over his nose, shot of that. Give him one in the evening. I'd give him his asthma medicine every day. He'd jump down and give a treat and take off. And anybody else would probably not want to mess with that. I didn't mind. I'd assume, man, I'd love it. I hope he'd get up and sleep on my chest at night. He was just, he's my buddy. The runny nose that came from a virus, we soon worked on that. But when we first got him, I took him to Virginia Tech, and I said, I would, I've been hands and face on the floor praying. I, saw, I thought he was going to just, just have an asthma attack. We took him up to Tech, and the guy first says, there's really nothing we can do. You can give him medicine, but he probably, he's probably going to die. And I said, I'll tell you what. Is he going to stay here the night? And they said, yeah. I said, I'll be back tomorrow to get him. I don't know if he'll be here. I said, well, I'm a praying man. I'll be back to get him tomorrow. And he said, well, some people choose that religious route. I hate it when people say that. I said, it's not religion. It's a relationship. I know Jesus. He'll, he'll take care of Hokey for me. Okay. I came back the next day and got him, took him home. He lived for 14 years. But on a certain day, I got up, and I just prayed. Hokey taught me to pray better. And me and God, we stayed connected, so... But here's how Hokey left the world. If you want to know how God real, how he's real. One day, one more, I mean, he's running all over the place, and then I'm not sure then he's hiding. And anytime a cat hides, something's wrong. I thought, is he hurting or what? So I went in and I got him, and I said, I better take him to the vet. He is sitting there on my lap at the vet purring. Well, how, how bad can he be? He's purring. And then the next day, they called and said, he is really a sick kitty. Matter of fact, he's probably, he's got cancer. Bet says, I just don't know if he's going to make it this week. And I went, i got to go see him. I mean, I need to go. And nope. I went to school that day and come back. That was a Tuesday. Took him in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I thought, I need, Tuesday night, I said, I need to go see him. Well, he can't go see him at night. And I thought, Lord, is he going home tonight? Is he going to be gone by in the morning? I need to go. I, I, wish, I, would, I wish I'd have went to see him. I don't want him to die by what? by himself. Mm, I wish I'd have brought him home. That just kept bothering me. I got up on Wednesday, phone call, I look, and it's a vet, and I think I don't even want to answer it. <sighs> Hello. And she said, you're a little hokey. Uh, you passed away during the night. And I thought, oh. I said, okay, I'll come get him. Thank you for letting me know. But it bothered me. I said, I wish I would have been there. Now, if you don't believe in God, watch this. My sister, we're tight. My sister, we laid her talk on the phone that day, and she said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, well, I ought to tell you first that, uh, you know, you was praying for Hokey. I'm praying for him, but I had to say so long. Hokey went home last night. He, he's gone. She says, can I tell you something? I said, I just wish I'd have been there. I didn't want him to be by himself. And my sister said he wasn't by himself. Okay, Melanie, you tell me what's going on. She said, uh, I felt like God woke me up at about 2.30. And she said, I got up and thought, what am I doing? She got a McDonald's cup. It's, you know, you get tea in. 
She went there and got a McDonald's cup, put water in it. And she comes back in and she said, God put it on my heart to do something. She said, I put my finger in the water. And she says, I don't know why, but God said, I want you to feel it just as though you're taking water and putting it to Hokie's lips. And she said, God told me to do it. Now see, even you right now probably think, that is crazy. I think that's when Hokie was leaving. And so Melanie said, I put my finger in water, literal water, and she said, I gave him water. And she said, then I laid down and I let him rest. And I think that's when he left. You believe God put that on my sister's heart? I do. So Melanie come up, and I've got a McDonald's cup sitting in my house. And if somebody come in, what are you keeping that cup for? That was the cup. I think I was praying, and God says, you can't do this. I'm going to find somebody else that can, because you're going to miss him too much. I think God put stuff on my heart. Now, as I was sitting back here tonight, he put this on my heart. He says, Edgar, somebody here doesn't know me. How do you do that? Well, in a crowd this size, he does. And I said, well, God, help them to know you tonight. He said, tell them I'm the catcher. Tell them they're the flyer. Tell them to jump out and leave it all behind and fall into my arms. Okay, I've just told them. So picture Jesus up here. Now, I know he's, I, that's one of many stories. I just hear God's done some amazing things. So my sister, gives, she said, I was giving water to your little kitty cat, Hokey. And guess what? My sister's allergic to cats. So she holds a kitty cat, basically, and says, okay, God, God might tell you to do some crazy things. Well, he's telling me to bring living water to you tonight. And so my message is this. God is real. Satan will tell you otherwise. God loves you. God wants to forgive you. God will save you right now. All that's true? Oh, yeah. It's not fake. not a Phineas story. It's real. You can be free? Freedom. Yep. I can jump out and he'll catch me? Absolutely. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, there's bound to be somebody here that doesn't know you. I want them to fly. them uh, to fly into the arms of Jesus, the catcher. Jesus, you've promised that whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So your words are my words, and I'll tell those words to my listeners right now. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For God so loved you that he gave his son Jesus, and if you'll just trust him and believe him, you won't perish, but you'll have everlasting life. For God didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world uh, you might be saved. Hmm. Behold what manner of love the Father has for you that he had let you be adopted. Hmm. Behold what manner of love the Father has for us. And that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And he lets us be called his children. Picture Jesus standing now in front of you. He is the catcher. And I'm going to ask you to be the flyer. But Edgar, you don't know what I've done. God does. And he'll forgive you anyway. But I'm, I'm scared to jump. He'll catch you. Are you sure? Yes, because he's called me. So why not join the ranks of the flyers tonight and leave what you think is home or the best 
or what you're secure in or what you like, why not leave it all behind and jump off that trapeze bar and fly through the air and here comes Jesus from the other side, fresh from Calvary. And he puts his hands out, nail scarred as they are, and he catches you. And then he takes you and soars you up on the other side and lets you stay right there. Why do you think we'll sing, I'll fly away one day? Because we're flyers. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm not sure what else you need. Jesus is the catcher. He'll catch you. Are you sure? Yes. He's caught thousands and caught, he's caught millions over the years. He's waiting to catch you. Don't make him stand there with his arms open for uh, just to wait on you. Go ahead and jump. My, you'll love that when you do. You'll soar and you'll leave it all behind. I'm going to be right still because I want you to hear Jesus' voice instead of mine. So you picture Jesus, arms out, waiting on you to jump and be a flyer. He'll be a catcher. And my, you'll love to hug him as soon as he catches you. Okay, I'm going to close this in prayer. First of all, I've got to see what we're praying for. As Jesus spoke to your heart tonight, would you slip your hand up for anybody? I want to include you in my final prayer. Hands go up. Jesus sees your hand. Jesus, as these hands have went up, they have a need, they have a perhaps a request, they have something on their heart. Lord, you care about that. No one cares more than you do. So, Lord, you saw the hands. I pray, Lord, you'd touch that heart that they sent their hand up and one might be asking to, for you to catch them. One might be asking you to draw them back close because they haven't really lived like they should have in the last while. And I know how that feels. So would you welcome them back home like the prodigals did his son, would you help him to realize if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Lord, forgive the one that's been wayward. Draw him close to you. And Lord, for that one that maybe raised their hand to say, Jesus, catch me. Let them know you'll forgive them and you'll save them. So I give you these requests as the hands went up and you know their hearts. And I give you this evening in Jesus' name. Amen.